Hi, and welcome to the Big Spoon Podcast, where we talk about eating and drinking in San Antonio, Texas. My name is Jessely Serras, and our guest this week is Eddie Laughlin, owner and roaster at Shotgun House Roasters inside of Workhouse Five. We chat about how he got into roasting, the struggles of opening a shop, and more. Here's the Big Spoon. So we're live again. We did last one at Philly's Modern, but we're here with Eddie Laughlin. And we cleared out your area. I'm sorry. No, totally. You're cool. like, oh, podcasters, never mind. Um, but we're here at Shotgun House. We are here. Which is the latest coffee shop on the south, on the west side to have opened. Mm-hmm. Because before you, there were Sabinas mm-hmm. and Barrio. I'm missing one. I, is there another one? Yeah. On the west side, I always paid attention because Sabina's is so close to us. Um, and then Barrio was the first coffee shop I went to when I moved to San Antonio. I feel like I'm missing one. I don't, it'll come to me in my sleep later. But so yeah, when did you? Let's start from scratch. When did you decide I'm gonna roast coffee? Oof, that was probably two years ago. Mm-hmm. I started roasting coffee. I'd gone to uh, Brown Coffee on Broadway, mm-hmm. and I think I got you know I got one of those cups of coffee that was like slow pour and it was like seven dollars or something and. That's, I was, that's cheap for them. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's, they're, they're, I love brown. I think no, they're, ditto. I think they're amazing. They're, they're the they do have one of the one of the priciest cups in town. Mm-hmm. If you're going for like a manual brew, for sure. Right. But that's why people go there. It's like why coffee nerds go there. And so I was there. I got one. It was very, very good. They their baristas are awesome. As a matter of fact, I've gotten to know them a little bit better since mm-hmm. I've started. Um, and you know, one of the baristas, Reed, has gone on to do uh, Shady Flip Coffee and things okay. like that. Nice. Um, but they would educate you about the origin and all this stuff. And I started to think, you know, I think that's pretty interesting. I worked at Starbucks since, you know, when I was 18. And mm-hmm. now I'm in my 30s. I've been going to coffee shops for, you know, over a decade. And it's like the one thing that's just consistent in my life every single day. And so I was on the phone with my mom and I was like, man, you know, this cup of coffee from Brown is really, really good. I feel like I'm ready to take that next step and like learning about, you know, my coffee education experience. and. Uh, I think it'd be really cool to get a little roaster and start roasting some coffee. And uh, she really encouraged me to do it and said I should do it. Her yeah. favorite coffee shop in San Antonio is also brown. Oh, nice. And um, so, yeah, I bought a little Are shop roaster. From, is your mom from here? She's from Temple, Texas, oh, okay. which is where I'm from. Got it. And then I moved up the road to Austin and then came here in 2015. Got it. So, I mean, even 2015 was still kind of early for our coffee mm-hmm. moment. Right. Because I know when local opened in 2012, 2011. Right. Like, out in Stone Oak. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, I guess people like coffee. Wasn't Sonterra their yeah. first location? Yeah. Um, it must have been earlier than that, but they... Printed apparel. Printed apparel. Oh, sorry. sorry. No, you're good. Um, I can pause whenever. Um, uh, and then kind of, I mean, there were already others, but local set forward an aesthetic that I pe- think oh, people have been emulating since or redefining and at least for the city they probably brought it in from elsewhere Mm -hmm. but um i don't know i mean what kind of vibe were you going we're jumping around that's how i do this it's oh yeah no absolutely um but what kind of vibe were you going for with the shop well we ended up landing on the vibe that we have now based on where we ended up (laughs) <laughs> leasing our space mm-hmm. and so we didn't know what it was going to be like yeah. you know um, I love all the different shops in town I love local I love estate that was like my coffee shop before you know I opened this place and 
once we landed on Warehouse 5, which we essentially did because we wanted to roast, we had to have a certain zoning. Um, we looked at about five different places, and oddly enough, this seemed like the best location. There's other suites already in here, yep. a lot of creative spaces, a lot of just a very creative building. We kind of uh, collaborate. Wildflower Caramel Company is right above us. And oh, I didn't make... realize they moved out of their house. Yeah, yeah. They That's moved cool. out of their house. They're sharing, I think, a space with Boyd's of Texas. Oh. Because they're friends. And so... Once we learned that they were in the building, we asked them if they could make us a proprietary, like, salted caramel sauce for our uh, lattes. Oh, nice. And so they did that. He's actually going to be here at the Throwdown tonight, like, sampling that out and selling car- caramels and stuff. Um, but um, So we have to describe what this building looks like, though. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, how many feet altogether do you think? Oof, I'm not sure. We it's have, huge. We Just have, like, there, there's probably 15 spaces and our space is was like three of our size and we we're one of the largest yeah and so ours is about 1500 square feet um so it's probably 20,000 square feet at least uh, all in all at yeah. least it might be like 30,000 square feet and it was an old sewing factory back in the 20s oh, wow. um that i think was long abandoned as a matter of fact we had a customer come in saying that he had a church in here for a while back in the 90s i think wow and then like they wanted uh, church? yeah That's i don't even great. know what it was but he said um yeah, it was, it was a church, and they were trying to grow the congregation, and eventually they ran out of funds or, or whatever, and so they had to shut it down. And I believe in 2011, the current owners bought it and slowly started converting each unit into different creative spaces as people would inquire about it. Yeah. Um, so before us, there was a CrossFit gym in here. There's an IT company next door. Like I said, Wildflower Caramel Company in Boys of Texas is right mm-hmm. above us. Um there's Bear Goods right down the hall. Right. They were upstairs and they've been expanding like crazy. So they're right down the hall. Uh, they, they're regular customers. They come in every single day. The owners, the you know, the guys who make all their fancy. I just want to be able to office somewhere where they're next to really great coffee shops. Both oh, of yeah. their locations. I, like I, Mila and here. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're spoiled, rotten for sure. Well, they um, were big Mila guys too. And I mean, they yeah. still are. Mila is awesome. Yeah. And um when we were like starting to open they would always bring as a matter of fact i think one of the baristas from mila also works for them oh, nice. and so it's all you know it's a very friendly community yeah, close-knit yeah um and going back to roasting what was the biggest hiccup i mean i feel like from for anyone like what roaster do i get where do i even order from do you just go to amazon oh no 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 and that's the thing <laughs> there is you'll go on there and you'll google, google information private. you'll get into coffee forums and there's very limited information about um, different types of coffee roasters, different brands of coffee roasters as far as like pricing is concerned mm-hmm. and what you're going to need as far as like piping to ventilate it and all this stuff. You really just kind of have to figure it out on your own. Yeah. It's kind of like the Wild West out there. Not a lot of people are giving you information unless you're purchasing their roaster and then they'll right. give you the whole spiel. Um, but like when you were roasting out of your house, it must have been a yeah. tabletop, right? So we bought a shop, small shop roaster from a company called Buckeye Coffee. Okay. And we got, bought, bought what's called the BC2, which will do anywhere from about half a pound to two pounds max. And so we were roasting like 1.5 pounds yeah. at a time. Um, so when we bought that, we put it on a screened-in porch that we have on the front of our shotgun mm-hmm. house. And because it was, you know, screened in all areas, we didn't have to worry about ventilation or anything, and the smoke just kind of went through right. the screen, and it was no big deal. Um, but yeah, that was interesting, because that was a great little roaster. You know, it's, it's, it was made in China. It was uh, generic by all, you know, p- parameters. So well. how many batches do you, I mean, oh, yeah. how many batches do you go through before you're like, okay, this this is... Oh no! Drinkable. So we would. Oh well, my first batch. I actually have photos of it. Maybe you don't know if you like post them or anything. Roast. Well, not only was it dark, but I ha- it was very, very uneven. I think I set the electricity. It was supposed to be 
like 220, I think I set it to 110. I'd done oh. something with like the converter, and so it wasn't giving me a good flame. And so that first batch, it looks like part of it's like really, really roasty and really dark, and like looks like and it's about to explode. <laughs> and then some of it is like a light brown. Yeah. It's like very, very uneven. It looked awful. Didn't even drink it. So yeah. then I went back and roasted another batch. That one I let get way too hot and. Essentially, if you let these roasters get too hot, about like over 500 degrees, they can catch on fire and explode. Oh it's a very dangerous yeah. thing if you're not paying attention to it. Do and you if own you... the house? Yes. Okay, good. I own the house. I have insurance on it. <laughs> I was like, are you it's renting? Good. Does your landlord know about this? But, yeah, no, yeah. but... You uh, I don't think my girlfriend realized how dangerous it could potentially be. And so yeah. those first couple of roasts were, you know, I was just trying to figure it out and the thing would start smoking a little bit and never caught fire or anything, but very, very dark roast. And I remember I drank the second one. I was like, I have to do it. I just yeah. want to try it, you know, like whatever. This is Learn exciting. I was really excited, you yeah. know, like roasting my own coffee. This is awesome. And I tried it. And, you know, if you like a really, really dark cup of coffee, just really like roasty, burnt, kind of like almost, I mean, maybe you can get like a little sweetness out of it, but not much. It was, you know, it was drinkable. I mean, so French when press. I was at the Express News, we used to joke that, like, obviously we weren't drinking third wave coffee. We were doing these guys and right. just kind of putting a bag in from God oh, knows Oh, for where. sure. Yeah. But we were doing two, two and a half bags. Yeah. So it's not coffee, it's jet fuel at that yeah, point. Like, for we're sure. not trying to taste any notes. We're just kind of trying to stay awake. And I completely get that, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like that must have been what it tasted like. That's exactly what it tasted like. And then the whole idea behind roasting is that like you're trying to build these roast profiles with the different types of coffees you're getting. So eventually I just would buy um, more green beans from, from different regions of the world essentially. And So that's um, the one thing that I think we never really touch on. I certainly don't as a writer. What? Where do you get green beans? Our green beans, so when I first started roasting, I would get them from Sweet Maria's, which is, they, they sell to, mainly to home roasters. Okay. They'll sell all the way down to five pounds. Is that online? It's or, online, okay. yeah. And they have a great selection. They uh, have great cupping notes on there, and they're really formatted for the you know home your classic yeah. home roaster. Um, now we get our beans from a, actually a sister company of Sweet Maria's, which sells the larger 50-pound bags and 100-pound bags mm -hmm. called uh, the Coffee Shrub. Okay. And we've got some great Ethiopians from them. And then we also use um, La Bodega, which is a sister company of Cavity Imports. Okay. Um, so these these are kind of your next step up where you can get like those 50-pound bags that you can carry and still try like different types of, uh, different types of coffee yeah. and origins without having to buy the big 300 pound bags that you know you can't even lift and right. have to just sit on a pallet until you roast it all um which is where we would like to get at some point we're just you know doing that little middle ground where we're trying to figure out what we like and what we want our coffee to taste like yeah i feel like because you are so small mm -hmm. it has allowed you to play with other countries that i don't think i've seen a whole lot of i mean peru wasn't mm -hmm. one that i'd seen on a label we had a great peru a uh Cajamarca that um, was from la bodega yeah yeah what, what, there was a Costa we, Rica one. We have, we've had Costa Rica. We yeah. just ordered another one of those. We have a Java right now, which I thought was just that Java was slang for coffee. It, there's um, a Java bean. Yeah, yeah so nice. Java is. It's like an Indonesian bean. It's kind of like a Sumatra, and we just tried that today on Siphon. Uh, with, we roasted it like five days ago. It's had a chance to kind of oxidize and mm -hmm. uh, kind of mature a little bit, and that was amazing. Yeah. And you get those really like earthy tones with a little bit of sweetness and fruitiness at the end, and so... Um, we're really excited for that, and that's the, the fun part. Uh, Macy and I get to get to try different 
copies, you know, every every week. And, yeah. you know, we're slowly going to figure out exactly what we want Shotgun House coffee to taste like. And do we want it to be something where we have something new every single week? Or do we want to, like, stick with something for a month or, like, cultivate new blends, like signature blends that we have throughout the year? And, right. Um, you know, we kind of just get to make it up as we go, which is the fun part. Yeah. So one of the things that I've asked Brian from his date, which is one of my, I mean, and I've told him this and I feel like I've told this to you now. If you split San Antonio down the middle and fold it in half, you guys are basically equidistant from each other. Yep. With the same kind of, your golf is a slightly bigger space. Yep. You roast in house. Mm -hmm. It's got plants. There's a lot of similarities between us and a state. Plant panels. Um, And they're both great. Um, But one of the things he and I talked about, I mean, briefly, was being in a side of town that isn't accustomed to having a third wave coffee shop. Absolutely. I mean, what was, when you're building it out, nobody really can see on the outside. You just got the signage. No, no, no. We had, we, we, I did put a coming soon shotgun Mm -hmm. house coffee roasters on the Buena Vista side, but that's all I had. And we didn't really do any advertising except for our little tiny Instagram account and, you know, word of mouth with friends. But really it was just kind of like, we're going to build this coffee shop and, you know, if you build it, hopefully they will come. Mm -hmm. And we had no idea what the reception was going to be like. And I did get, have a lot of people who have been in San Antonio their entire lives or most of their lives. And they would say to me, like, what are you thinking going on the west side, you know, going to the hood or like, you know, whatever it is. Like, you're mm-hmm. just not going to get the customers that you want over there. No one's going to go to that side of town. Mm-hmm. No one goes over there, period. And I don't know, maybe I'm just naive in a little, in a way, but maybe, you know, I came from Austin where I know like 20 years ago the east side of Austin was nothing. Right. And now the people said the exact same thing about the east side of Austin and then I was just flooded with people constantly. And that's not necessarily what I'm trying to do, but right. at the same time. And I mean, like. Let's not dabble into East Side Austin because yeah. I feel like that carries with it a lot of for sure of the G word for sure. Um, and you, being a person of co- like being not a person of color coming to an area of town mm-hmm. that you weren't familiar with absolutely. I mean, what kind of you've been open for what? What was the reception like? Oh yeah, but you've been open for how long now? Four months. Four, Four months, months on the fifteenth. So it's still very young. Like you very still need to see. Oh, absolutely. Like absolutely. especially now that the signs up, I feel like that probably has added. Like a new wave, maybe. We've had we've had a lot more people stop now, and like they'll because the sign's still pretty. It just says coffee with an arrow, like so no one really knows <laughs> right. what it is. It's not like you know it's one of those things you look at four times and you're like, okay, I'm gonna Google this place or stop and right. see what it is. And we have had a lot of people that that came in because they saw the sign several times and finally they just stopped and right. came in. Um, but yeah, so what's had, their response? I mean, if they're driving down the response, the response has been nothing but positive. Yeah, I mean, unless we're just not seeing. You know, there's being negative comments well, made think, elsewhere. I don't think like, I'm going for positive or negative here. I just mean like, what are the questions? Like, what kind of, what kind of folks are coming down to visit? Like, are you getting people out? We're getting, we're getting. So the majority were destination customers to begin with, mm-hmm. and, we, and I knew that was going to be the case. Yeah. Absolutely, I knew at first it was just going to be people that love coffee, they want to try a new coffee spot in mm-hmm. San Antonio for sure. Um, but what I was hoping to get was some of this commuter traffic on Buena Vista, more of that convenience traffic, people yeah. that live on this side of town and don't really have access to good coffee right now other than McDonald's right. uh, that are trying to go, you know, downtown or something. Um, and so I was hoping to get more of that traffic, and I feel like we have been getting more of that traffic. Uh, uh, recently, we've had people like that are just walking across the street from these houses over in Buena Vista in this little neighborhood right across from us. Um, and people that say, you know, I've been over here for six years and I'm really excited that there's finally something cool that I can, like, walk to yeah. instead of having to go to essentially another part of town to go do something cool. Right. And, uh, 
you know, so we, it, the reception has been, I was very nervous going into it. I was, especially, you know, I was too busy to be nervous, but when we were about to open, that's when the nerves yeah. struck about like a week before. Um, cause I just thought, what if, what if, like, what if it's just, you know, there's articles written about gentrification and all this stuff and they're to this point have not been. I think, uh, I mean, I'm not like an economics professor that's going to sit down and like discuss that right now, maybe. But I think when we get into gentrification, we have to talk about what was here before. Right. It was a sewing factory that went unused in the 90s. And then right. it was a gym. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if, if it had been a living, you know, an apartment Oh, oh complex, absolutely. Then we can, I feel that would have been a little Absolutely. Bit like if the owners aware of that were wanted, let's say they wanted to build this spot and they were like, hey, we just bought this old dilapidated like, housing project. Yeah. We want to... Sh- knock it down and turn it into high-rise whatever and put you at retail at the bottom yeah that's completely different in in my opinion um and you know because i don't want to be i mean i live in tobin hill where my neighbors that's happening to them yeah over by the pearl my neighbor can't afford the the tax increases on her house and so like absolutely it's like there needs to be a solution for that and there needs to be a way that you can add cool things to a neighborhood without pricing people out of the neighborhood well and see the other thing too is like you're you're saying like what if these articles had been written i didn't feel comfortable writing that because I didn't see it here, mm-hmm. um, but also you were, you opened and it was good. <laughs> you know, people were like, "Oh yeah, we want to go there." Like you opened I, the doors and people were here. And that's what was that that was the the best feeling when we first opened is that we would have a lot of people come from the neighborhood and no, those were the relationships I wanted to build a little bit and those were the people I wanted to talk to and yeah. those are really the people I wanted to see come in. I knew we were going to get the destination people, but what I really wanted were people from the neighborhood right. to tell me what they thought. And I mean, universally, it's been positive reception from the people in the neighborhood and. Uh, not just people in Warehouse 5, but, like, just, just everyone. Yeah. You know, the law firm right down the street and just people living in, in the neighborhood. And, and th- that's probably made me happier than anything else. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to go into the design of this place because cool. it is very... I mean, it fits the mold of a coffee shop, but then kind of adds... There's so many other things going on to it, too. There's a lot going on in here. Like, Absolutely. when you covered up the wine bottles, mm-hmm. um, which I thought added fun lighting. Which is, like, it's it controversial. Was that was a controversial cement. thing to do. Some people liked them, some people didn't. It was about split about 50-50. Yeah. And then it really does feel like a, like a third place. Like, when That's we talk awesome. about it, um, you can come in here and work. You can come here on a date. I guess, right? Do yeah, people no. come on dates? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. No, we, um, see, we see couples come in all the time. No coffee dates. Um, you can come here on a meeting and do the big table. You can come and hang out with, like, the couch. Um, and then I think the personalized touches, I think, was what kind of made it look less transient. It's not, it's not just a coffee shop that'll grow and maybe move somewhere else later. That's awesome. It's something that, like, you're bringing things from your own house. Well, we, I mean, this very much, <laughs> we put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this place, and we, you know, we leased this space in on October 1st, 2017, and we opened on April 15th, 2018, and we were literally working up until April 15th, you yeah. know, sweeping up sawdust and stuff the night before, and, you know, my friend Victor Montez, who is a brewer at Southerly, and is also a design guy and helped me build. All I knew is I wanted a coffee bar. Mm-hmm. At first we thought we were going to be a roastery 
and maybe sell to restaurants and, yeah. and people around town and then have a coffee bar like a tasting bar type yeah. thing um so even when we got the place we didn't even know what it was going to be we didn't know it was gonna be a full-fledged cafe and coffee shop so when did you make that switch um after we built the coffee bar we started it was just kind of like we did that that took about a month because we could only work after like 7 p.m every day because he had to work yeah so we would be working from like 8 to 2 or something a.m oh, and then i would goodness. go home and wake well, up yeah, and do my other job to do work yeah too. yeah and so we did that, and then we just started talking about, okay, well, we got the coffee bar now. We want to put it here. The roaster will go over here. Well, we could put a big, cool bar up in front of the roaster, and seats could go over here, and a reading nook back there. I really wanted an area that has books, um, which I'd probably like to highlight a little bit more and maybe make another shelf or do something. Um, but I really wanted a place. It was always an issue for me when I would go to coffee shops, um, either in San Antonio or Austin when I lived there. Um, you would see books, but it would just be like books that, like free books that you got like at a right. library or something like stuff no one wants to read it's just like yeah we've had it was at my grandma's house so we brought it over here and They're so i contemporary labels yeah for sure. so yeah, we, we brought there. books like from my house that you know i just trusted you know that nobody was going to steal our stuff and yeah. so and they haven't and as far as i know and um yeah so we wanted some good books over there and just very personalized touches to the space for sure i mean victor and i worked on it for a very long time uh different design elements. We had that big, large hanging retail shelf over there mm -hmm. um, that we moved probably three different times. And really? when I say we, I mean, Victor moved it like yeah. three times. It was over there by the furniture section. And then it was over there where the skull uh, installation is. The yeah. And then we thought, you know, it'd be perfect right there in the middle. People can go grab their bag of coffee mm -hmm. or whatever and hang some plants from it. But really, when we, as we started designing it, we started thinking, well, you know, we want different types of seating for different types of customers. So yeah. if you're by yourself, you want to sit at a little table and work on a laptop, you can do that. Um, we have the large table for groups, and then we have the seating area over there for people who just kind of want to lounge around and hang out with their family or their friends or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we just try to touch on a little bit of everything. So for how everyone. often are you roasting these days? Um, we roast about once a week right now. Okay. Um, we have a feeling we actually just picked up another wholesale account today. Um, so we have a feeling that's going to be jumping up either once a day for a longer portion of the day or break it up to twice a week. Mm -hmm. Do people sit here while you roast? Yes, they do. Do they ask I questions? I try to wait because <laughs> it, it'll radiate a lot of heat yeah. after like by the second hour or whatever. Um, so I'll try to... I'll let them know, hey, it might be kind of hot over here. But yeah, they do. And we have uh, so many people. And I think that's, that was another thing that I envisioned when we opened it, just like just like a state. Um, I thought it'd be amazing if I could be roasting while people are in here just mm -hmm. hanging out because it just furthers that education process. Because before I started roasting, I didn't know what a coffee roaster even looked like, really. Mm -hmm. I had definitely never seen it happen in real life and you know, right. in real time. And so... Once I started learning those things, I thought it was really cool. And if people are going to a third wave shop, they're probably going to think it's really cool too, mm -hmm. um, or at least a certain percentage of them all. And that way they can learn more about coffee and then go walk over to the bar and try something new, whether yeah. it's a siphon or a you know pour over one of our options or whatever so it is. So I know early on you had kind of said, maybe Chemex, maybe we'll see. Mm -hmm. But you did not You did incorporate. So when was that? Like, when did you bring it over? The siphon? Yeah. Um, we got the siphon... Two months ago, it was like it was like a month or two. Yeah, yeah. Do people order it. We do have people ordering okay. it. Um, a lot of, and that's something else I'd like to like sample out more, so people just know what this is. It looks really, really cool while it's brewing, like super Instagrammable. Yeah. But it's also the reason we got the siphon is I went to San Francisco in 2015, and I went to this um, really cool like third wavy shop, and yeah. the guy they had a whole siphon set up, like you know five <laughs> different burners and all this fancy stuff. And so I had him make me one. It looks very 1800s. Oh yeah, no, and yeah, you should have seen, you should have seen the setup that they had. 
And he was like, yeah, man, I'll make you this coffee. It was like six fifty. And it was like, my gosh, this is ridiculous, but I'm on vacation. Yeah. I got it, and it was literally the best cup of coffee I ever had. And I don't know if it was the whole like experience of it, watching him do this, and right. the whole process, but it was very, very cool. So I told myself I ever opened up a shop, definitely getting a siphon. So four months in, technically longer, because your lease is – you still have to pay that lease, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what have you learned so far? I have learned a ton of stuff. I actually talked to Brian from the state uh, right before their two-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, it's crazy. I'm so so insanely different. I've learned so much in, like, the two years from, like, day one. You know, yeah. you, you think you know a lot going in. And two years later, he was like, I'm just a completely different person. And I feel like I have evolved a lot already. And just, like, you know, trying to... Luckily, we have an amazing team. I was going to so, say, had you managed people before? Yeah, I've never, I mean, I have. I've worked closely with people and, like, kind of managed teams at mm-hmm. work and things like that. But um, I've never directly been, like, do this and do that and, you know. And I get to sign your paycheck. Need, yeah, I'm signing <laughs> this and I'm paying you and I'm changing, you know. Macy's what I say, What that. I say goes. But really, we're, we're a pretty collaborative um, team. I mean, I, I talk to them about any changes we're going to make and um, they're... Um, I mean, they, they know pretty much everything that I know about the business, mm-hmm. and uh, they know way more about coffee than I do, to be frank with you, <laughs> and uh, that's why I hired them. They're, they're just amazing. So that part's been a much easier transition than I thought it would be. I was worried about having to um, kind of be the boss. Yeah. I, I was nervous about that, but that, that has not been that difficult at all, or really, you know, kind of what I expected, I guess. But, you know, we've, we've had to learn about well, managing... About you're, you're, you are opening this with your partner, Jessica. Yes. What's that like? She, she's been amazingly supportive ever since I started roasting, you know, just like at the house. Yeah. And we would do the pop-ups together and uh, people going to NOLA and stuff. And she would sit out there with me at 7 a.m. And like it was in the middle of the summer at 7 a.m. Yeah. last year. And it was hot. It yeah. Was, it was, we would go out there and it was already hot at 7 a.m. And I was sweating. And I was like, nobody wants like hot coffee. And we would sit out there and surprisingly they did. People yeah. were hungover. They want some coffee before they get some brunch. And... Uh, so she was she was with me from day one on that. That roaster made an incredible amount of mess on the front patio to where we couldn't even use it anymore. And <laughs> oh, she wow. just like was cool with that um, to a point. I think we were both not cool with it after a while, but that's why we got the space. And right. um, and then yeah, my you know she was supportive financially. She was well you know once we got the space and all the time it took to do that and like researching the different things that we needed to do. She helped me out right. a lot with that, and she's just been absolutely supportive from day one. And so. It really had there haven't been you know any any issues as far as that's concerned that's it's just cool. been kind of like us collaborating and doing this together and trying to make the best cup of coffee that we can and hopefully that will bring in the customers and it's been it's been really cool we've really enjoyed it so what else i mean have there been any have there been things that just didn't connect with the like with the shop stuff that you could have carried any other place or that you've seen work at other shops that just have not made it here because it is a, it's a different location. I think that's what sets apart this whole San Antonio coffee no, I mean, moment that we're having. Every location is a different location. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's just so many things like that that you would think might not work on, on a certain a certain area of town because of maybe the price point mm-hmm. or, you know, I was kind of worried about having tacos. You know, when we're close to so many taquerias now, we're getting large from Panchitos, like yeah. very close to here, but. Uh, you know, like selling those for a certain price point, but we haven't had any blowback on that. Um, 
you know, I think everything we have is pretty reasonably yeah. priced, you know, as far as let's just like keeping the business alive and things like that. I mean, it's necessary, but it's not outrageous by any means. I didn't know if selling beans for $14, $15 would work out, but it's worked out. I mean, we also just try to get... I mean, I also feel like that's the going rate for local beans. It is. Beans. Ab- absolutely, it, it is. It on the cheaper end, too. But at the same time, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. For some reason, sometimes I feel weird charging $16, $17 for a bag of coffee. When you break it down and do the math... You're charging for packaging. You're charging for... you got to buy the greens. Right, and like but the like whole as, a, as a consumer, I can go to a coffee shop and spend five plus... Or. Oh, yeah. Or you can get 340 grams of coffee out of one of yeah. those. And if you're doing, like, a pour over for yourself at 22 grams a pop. Or a French press family. Or a French so press, like, yeah. yeah. So, so are we. So it's, like, 60 grams. Yeah, you're yeah. getting plenty out of that for, yeah, way cheaper than you it's would at a shop. It's about a week and a half, and then we're like, oh, we need more coffee. It's, it's about a week for us, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know anything else in the future. What do you have coming up for the fall? And you, So we're recording this the day of... You hosting the Thursday Night Throwdown, mm-hmm. which would be exciting. But yeah, what do you, what else do you have lined up? You've already done a few pop-ups. We've done a few pop-ups, and we've been pretty liberal with the, uh, you know, I think word got around that if you ask Shotgun House if you can do a pop-up, <laughs> they'll just say yes. And uh, which is like a Korean, which dressing? is great. Oh yeah. yeah, and she was awesome. She actually wants to come back like next month, mm-hmm. and we're gonna do that. We um, are looking to do. We have a couple of things that we are wanting to do that I. Mm, mm, we don't have it lined up yet, so I don't really want to talk about it yet. Right. Um, but um, for the fall, we're definitely going to be doing some signature fall drinks. We, we opened up in April, and it was like so crazy that we didn't really get to do any signature summer-type things. Yeah. Um, we had toyed around with the idea of doing ice cream, and we just never did it. Um, but I think, yeah, in the fall, we have a few like fun ideas uh, Macy and I have been discussing that we're going to do for some fall drinks. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're just trying to, we're getting ready for the students. We have UTSA right down oh, here. That's and our, right. yeah. our Lady of the Lake, and they go back to class in, like, two weeks. So and did so, you see a dip when they went out of class? Not necessarily, because there was, like, a buzz yeah. going on. But, I mean, the, the reality is we did open, I mean. As the semester ended. We opened not just as the semester ended, but as, like, the entire restaurant industry slows down mm-hmm. going into summer. Like, the whole thing slows down, especially coffee. It's just, like, yeah. widely known that coffee just really comes Thanks. to a halt. In the summer, I think we still had a buzz about us, and so we got a lot of business because of that. But um, I mean, we definitely saw it. I know other shops saw it. I know other people that I talked to saw it. And so yeah. we're really excited to go into our first, you know, the fall, winter, and spring are the busiest months of the year for coffee. Yeah. And so we're going to get to experience that with, especially with the influx of students. So uh, yeah, I'm super excited for that too. One of the things that you do keep mentioning is buzz. I mean, that's something that is what buzz. Right. I think it's something that not just coffee shops, but anybody that's looking to open a restaurant in San Antonio needs to kind of, I that this was my column last week or two weeks ago mm-hmm. at this point, it. was like, here's how you open stuff. Um, was how, what was that strategy there? Like, what was... We, we had garnered a little bit of buzz from our Instagram account. I knew people were excited just because they would talk to us on there. Um, we had had like Sabretooth, like a few like Instagram people post right. for us, but I will tell you, and I'm not just plugging her to, to, for the sake of plugging her, SA Foodie. Oh yeah. She, she, she messaged me the day before we opened and was like, hey, I'll come take pictures if you want me to take some shots and like do a post. And I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank mm-hmm. you. So it really wasn't even a strategy of mine. She just did it. And she, before she <laughs> posted, she looked at me and she said, hey, 
just want to let you know it, when I do post, a lot of people are probably going to come. Are you are you prepared for that? Are you yeah. ready for that as a shop? I know it's your first day. I was like, you know, <laughs> kind of like sure, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, yeah, I'm yeah, we're ready for it. Whatever. Thank you. And uh, she posted, and I swear we had people knocking down the door that first day, and it yeah. did not stop. We ran out of like every single thing that we had. Um, from or by noon, I mean, we were out of horchata. We were out of like by every single noon. syrup, and we we learned that's a, that was a big lesson right there. Just yeah. learning to be prepared and have stuff stocked. Well, I think too, but like the not the deeper lesson, but is being open to yeah. people coming and visiting. Oh yeah, like, oh we were super excited about yeah. it. I think everybody loved it. I mean, you know, and and, and that's what I mean by yeah those, those influencers. That was my first kind of seeing it with my own eyes that that is a real thing. That's yeah. not that's not just like you know people trying to sell you on something that's not real i mean those instagram influencers and social media people are can really if they have the right followers you know and you know you get a food person to post about your coffee shop yeah they'll get people coming yeah. absolutely so i recommend that to just about anybody i think i have seen you take that approach more often now these days too like if someone shares it that has a solid following oh, yeah. you're gonna reshare you're gonna oh, thank yeah. them for coming Ab- absolutely like it really doesn't make sense for me when people don't have a social strategy going into business oh yeah in 2018 at least you need to have a good social media presence you absolutely need to if you're a food account or a, or a restaurant or a coffee shop you need to be on instagram i think i yeah. think facebook is cool too for like families it depends on what you are but for a coffee shop that's trying to be like third wave like you know get that like younger yeah. crowd you gotta be on instagram absolutely that's what everybody's gonna look at and come come see i would recommend doing uh, like instagram ads get in like some of the cool publications too like yeah. print is not dead and like <laughs> the current the current is cool <laughs> the though current podcast now just kidding yeah oh we that's what we had done we had been in sa beer mag mm-hmm. uh for like two or three months at yeah. that point and they do their full page ads and so yeah. we had been kind of teasing it in that way um but yeah i mean really our stuff right now has just been a lot of word of mouth and uh we had our ad in the rebar report um we had an ad with y'all for your best of I don't look at it, but yes. Yeah, yeah, we had an ad with y'all, and then um, and that was all just very recently though. This yeah. last month, we hadn't done any advertising until this last month. We did the Rivard report, we did the current, wow. um, and we're we're starting to venture into some of that now. Um, but yeah, we've also been on SA Live and Kins Five and like. So, so you went on on the station? No, they came here. Oh, okay, that they yeah, came, that's right. They came. They, yeah, they came here. Um, one of our customers actually is like good friends with them and so they were like hey man this place is really cool let me let me message them for you and so yeah. we really just used a lot of that like bu- like we were saying like the buzz equity essentially like yeah. people hearing about us and then getting stuff from that um, and that hasn't really fallen off too much yet but we'll, you know I'm not absolutely into advertising and things like that you gotta you gotta advertise a little bit and you gotta know the channels to go through to make I your think place knowing successful. your audience I mean yeah. yeah if you're advertising with us in the Rebar Report it's young downtown I was hoping. Yeah. You know, you're gonna have you're gonna have hits. You're gonna have misses. I didn't know, Hopefully, so I just I yeah. just wanted to do it. I just wanted to try it. Yeah. And see what worked. And so far, it's been pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here with me for or sure. letting me hang out. It did clear it out, though. It did clear it out. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, that's also what time is it? Four thirty. Is this on, what happens on a third? Oh, absolutely. It? Yeah. Coffee shops, at least ours, like it, you've got waves. You got the morning crowd. Yeah. You got like the lunch crowd. Then. It, goes into a break and then you get like that midday like rush and then you normally that 2 30 feeling mm-hmm. yeah cool well keep us posted and whatever it is you do um and yeah thanks for having us oh definitely Thank you so oh, much. where can people find you people can find us at www.shotgunhouseroasters.com they can find us on instagram at shotgunhouseroasters 
and we're on the west side on 1333 Buena Vista Street. Um, park on Buena Vista and come <laughs> in where the sign is. Yes. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Big Spoon Podcast, a San Antonio Current podcast with music by Chris Condi, produced by Jaime Monzon, and hosted by me, Jessely Salas. Send any questions, comments, concerns, or kudos to flavor at sacurrent.com. See you next time.